0: Welcome to episode 6 of Sim Sunday's podcast presented by Gridfinder. Hey, I'm back finally after a couple episodes away. Gracefully Tom handled all the specials and all the non-live shows that we've been doing, so if you haven't seen those, go check them out. They're on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts and finally on Google Podcasts. Tom, how you doing today, man?
1: I'm good and it's good that you're back. I feel like I've been I've been stealing the limelight a little bit. I've been traveling around the country doing some pretty cool podcasts, talking to some pretty cool people. We know the track racer, uh, Matt Sten. Um, we've, we've had his episode. Um, and then we had the D-Box episode with Stefan Vidal, which was really interesting. And I recorded a podcast on Tuesday. I'm not going to give it away, but in an actual Formula One factory. So, yeah,
0: I'm a little jealous about that one. <laughs> you, you posted some pictures, and I'm like, come on, man. Don't be know. showing me that stuff. I I couldn't
1: help it. I I physically couldn't restrain myself from posting those pictures. (laughs) However, we're not here to talk about what what we've already talked about in the past. We're here today with Lawrence, Zim Racing streamer extraordinaire, And what? Oh, do you know what? Do you know why I've stumbled? The reason I've stumbled is because I said I was going to say something to you, Lawrence, before the podcast. (laughs) And it was something about a potato, but I couldn't remember exactly
2: what it was. So, welcome. (laughs) Whatever you say, I've heard worse. It's (laughs) fine.
1: I mean, well, well, okay. First of all, welcome to the podcast. You did, you you G'd me up. I checked before that I was going to say this this potato thing. It was something to do with your Discord. It was all above board. It was going to be very funny and chris don't look at me like that i've screwed it up i'm very sorry i everyone, honestly but... you know
0: i honestly thought you paused because you forgot completely how to pronounce his last name because we were talking about it earlier and i asked i had to ask him of course because i skimmed through a bunch of his youtube videos which there's a lot of them on there to skim through and i noticed he never mentions his last name so i was like wait lawrence how do you pronounce your last name <laughs> so for everyone in the audience lawrence how do you pronounce your last name correctly
2: Potato. Oh No! no, no. <laughs> du it's it's Dusaswa. <laughs> Dusaswa. Yeah. <laughs> so Okay. <laughs> we've
1: um we've we have um we have we have stumbled through our intro to this podcast in classic Sim Sundays fashion. So I'm gonna get us on track very quickly, right? So before we do all these episodes, we speak to the people that are gonna come on and we ask them a few questions about what we're gonna cover and obviously we do our own research. Now, Lawrence sent us some information about him, and the first thing he told us has really stuck out to me. He said, "I've been sim racing for 25 years." Now, I'm 29 years old. Lawrence, how the hell have you been sim racing for 25 years?
2: <laughs> so um, and, and that's with force feedback, right? So I've, I was actually sim racing before that. Uh, my very first sim was probably it was around 1991. I think I was born in '85. I was about probably six years old. And I, there was a game, so my, my dad had a BBC Master System. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those. Um, there was a game on it called E-Type, and you drove a Jaguar E-Type. It was one of those kind of 2D weaving left and right between traffic. But there was a difficult mode in which you had to control your manual gears. So you had, mm. C was clutch, and while you were pressing the clutch, you had to press, uh, I think it was A for gear up, um, all while using the arrows for acceleration and left and right. And if you, um, if you didn't press the clutch properly, it would make a little like crunching sound of the gearbox and all that. I was like, oh my God, this is so realistic. So that's my first kind of intro to real simulation, right? But again, it, that was just on a keyboard. My first force feedback steering wheel was a Microsoft Sidewinder steering wheel mm. in uh, around 1997, 98. Um, and that's when I first started, uh, like I, I was already doing stuff on consoles and stuff like that. But that's when I really got into Colin McRae Rally. Uh, even stuff like Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Three. Uh, that was kind of the the uh, uh, there was Need for Speed Porsche Challenge as well, which was quite heavy on the sim side. It was a bit of a flop as a game because it was mm. so difficult. It was it was very simulation heavy. Uh, NASCAR uh, was another like really huge one, uh, which you know if it wasn't for the diehard fans who loved NASCAR. Uh, that would have been an absolute failure as well because it was so difficult there was a very realistic damage model and uh, all that kind of stuff so yes it's, it's, a, it's a long time so
0: yeah i remember the days of playing need for speed on a keyboard and just the turning was the worst because you're just repeatedly tapping the arrow key so you don't just go off into the side of the road it was the worst experience i can't yeah. even remember like the first time I ever experienced analog or a steering wheel or anything like that. And <laughs> I mean, just the way that you had to drive, even with the Excel, like you couldn't feather it through a, through a corner. You couldn't do anything except for on, off, on, off. Yeah. And it was just very difficult to drive back in those days. But <laughs> yeah, for so some I... reason, we still fell in love with it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I was lucky with my, with my proper, you know, steering wheel. I felt like an absolute boss because the game was easy with the steering right. wheel. I could just, you know, and you could take the corners at ridiculously high speeds and stuff like that. But Need for Speed Hot Pursuit was one of the great ones because that opened my eyes to modding. People made oh. mods. So you could drive, like, you know, Mario Karts in this game you you had in car views and if the in-car view wasn't nice you could download a new one which was you know it was still only like a 2D image but it looked nicer and stuff right there was it was really you know it was really cool that really captured my imagination. I
0: remember in Need for Speed 1 on the PC with a keyboard just like we were talking about there were a couple of mods. There was like this super speedy car that had like it had rocket booster looking things on the back but they didn't do anything. You just went really fast. And then there was a mod for the track where just, like, in the middle of a straight, there was just this gigantic jump. (laughs) And I remember as a kid just repeatedly playing that level to just, like, go as far as I can and see, like, what what my furthest mark, like, a (laughs) long-distance jump was. And I just repeated that endlessly forever. But, you know, in those days of games, there's, like, a a hard limit to where you're never going to get any farther. That's that's as far as you're going to get. You can't do anything different. That's what you got. and I'd still be like, no, I think I can get farther. What if I hit it at this angle? I think I yeah. can go even farther.
2: I mean, that's, that's what we do as sim racers, right? You know, like you, 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 spend, you could spend, you know, two or three hours getting a good lap in. Then you spend another two or three hours trying to find a tenth of a second. Yeah, yep. like, we, It's so repetitive. And those who aren't, you know, that way inclined, don't, those who don't see the benefit of getting that tenth or how, sev- the, how huge that is, they, there's no way they're ever going to understand it. It's right. just because you're doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, which to, you know, the, per definition, that's insanity, right? right? Same thing, expecting different results, but every, you know, after an hour, two hours or whatever, or even, you know, you go to bed, you're raging with yourself and the next morning, your first lap, you absolutely crush your time. It's like, you feel like you were in your sleep, you know, learning it. Like learning Um, the laps in your sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And that that appeals to us, right? But we really, we have to understand that we are wired differently. (laughs) We're not the same. (laughs) I was
0: telling Tom, because the track today is just too long for me to be able to memorize the turns. And I was saying, you know, most of the time, I'm kind of a time trial champion, if you will. And I only get good at the tracks because of pure memorization. In this track, I'm just like, I can't memorize enough of this to become good at this, at driving this. So I totally understand where you're coming from because I'll sit there for three hours a night and then just have like a movie on my iPad or something like that. And just repeatedly run laps on one track because I have a, I have a race on Friday. And then all of a sudden, you know, like you said, the next day you're like, why, why did I spend three hours on that track? When I threw one lap and it was my record lap just now. Yeah. And it's been ten minutes.
2: <laughs> it makes no sense. But it's we lost. Fabulous.
0: <laughs> I feel like I went through I'm I'm I'm
1: listening to this and, and A, a lot of this stuff is is before my time. Um which is not something I get to say very often. Um I, I feel in, in the places that I work and the people that I'm that I'm around, I tend to be kind of one of the older generation. But actually here is not the case. Because my first sim racing experience was probably Tokka 2 and I have a really distinct memory of a cousin of mine coming over, and he was a lot older, and I was playing toka two, and I span out at, say, the second corner, the third corner of of lap one, so I did what any eight-year-old kid would do. I turned around and I drove the track backwards and I smashed into all the cars because (laughs) that was so much more fun. It has taken, you know, it it took a good 15 years before I could start to appreciate the beauty of the 10th
0: that gives me nightmares of the race that we ran on Red Bull Ring, where we just had the person taking us out every corner on repeat the entire race. Yeah, and then it became kind of a sport. You're like, oh, here he is again. I gotta dodge him. I gotta dodge him.
2: <laughs> that, that sounds oh. very familiar. I think I think I might have been watching that. <laughs> so I, I've fun. seen I've seen that happen before.
0: It makes me want to play Wreckfest a little bit, which I did notice on your channel. You do play Lawrence.
2: Yeah, uh, just because sometimes.
0: Sometimes you just want to throw someone into a spin. Sometimes you want to be that guy that crashes all over. And in that yeah. game, that's the point. Like,
2: that's so, fine. So, do, doing Wreckfest was great, especially in the early days of building a community. It was amazing because, like, I, I'd be streaming and literally every single person who watched my stream would be in Wreckfest with me. So, the stream would be <laughs> like a big fat zero viewers. And, you know, <laughs> we would have crazy amounts of fun. And it would, a couple of hours later, You know stream would be over no viewers i didn't even care right then it got to a stage then it got to a stage where you know there'd be 20 people inside in wreckfest and there might be 20 people watching now all of a sudden the the dynamic is completely different because the 20 people who are in wreckfest with you they know there are 20 people watching so what did they do they wreck lawrence yeah so so streaming (laughs) wreckfest as a streamer is like no fun at all <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I can, I can imagine you can, that you can't get around a single corner
0: <laughs> it'd be just like if you watch any you know call of duty or any you know battle royale game streamers where the people that are watching your stream are also finding you because they know where you are in the map so you're always in this constant state of I have to battle harder than everyone else in this whole entire <laughs> exactly. server. that makes complete sense yeah <laughs> Recfest reminds me—I uh, don't know why—it's—it's it's completely different. But I think of twisted metal when I think of Recfest For some reason, I'm like, just put rocket launchers on the cars, and then yeah. you have twisted metal. You
2: know, that sounds like fun. That, that was, was like uh, oh, the original—the original battle royale. Yeah, twisted it, metal two world tour was amazing.
0: It realistically was the first battle royale. Loved. I mean, I played that game quite a bit when I was a kid, and then they remastered it recently. Um, yeah. I think, well, not recently. I think it was on PS three or maybe (laughs) even four. And I tried it and I was like, why did I like this game? Yeah. (laughs) It just didn't hold my attention anymore. I don't know why. Yeah. What
1: was that? What was that PlayStation, I want to say PlayStation 2 game where the whole point was that there'd be a scenario, right? So there'd be like a junction or a roundabout, there'd be some buses. There was always, 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 there's always a lorry with lots of logs on it. And then there'd be like (laughs) bumper trucks and stuff. And then you had to drive usually down a hill. You'd hit a jump that was just there on the road because it's there. And then you'd have to, you'd get points for the amount of like destruction that you would cause Whoa. in that, like in the, was it like, was it called burnout?
0: Yeah, burn it was burnout. burnout. Yeah, you're supposed yeah. to, like, you're supposed to get super close to crashes or even like you get bonus points for some crashes. One of the people in chat said "Karmageddon." That's another one where like you take and crash things for points. Um, but I think yeah. what you're talking about,
1: I think it is burnout. I think it's I think it's I think it's burnout. And it I think yeah. kind of, I always think of that whenever I go into like an Aseto Corsa unranked lobby in like the Tartus, and it's like <laughs> turn one at Monza and I get smashed, I'm like, Oh, burnout <laughs> two, turn one Monza. <laughs>
0: like, there <we> go again.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: My strategy so, on turn one on any track is always just to kind of like let them go. I'm like, I'll just I'll wait. And then I'll go through this turn.
1: Like the Dave Cam, the Dave Cam approach. If you've yeah, ever seen I Dave Cam on iRacing, he he will often start from the pit the pit lane and still get up onto like a podium position, uh, which is an inspiring technique. And it's and obviously it's great to watch because you get to watch him do like all the overtakes and stuff yeah. and, <laughs> that and like that first insane. half a lap, he's just like driving through this like apocalyptic racetrack <laughs> with just wrecks of cars, like like on either side, like barriers in flames and he just oh, drives man. through.
2: And then you you go and try to do it yourself and you just can't catch the other cars. Like what's that yeah, about? You,
1: exactly, <laughs> you, you completely don't appreciate the fact that he's now come out like with freezing cold tires and <laughs> like you go out and you spin around and then you're just the same you just join the apocalypse
2: <laughs> yeah i did i did a turn one survival guide if you if you t- type in turn one survival guide on youtube you'll find and it it doesn't suggest starting at the back or whatever uh because eventually you know that's that's going to get old as well especially if you can't make it all the way to the front and um, right. it it uh and and eventually you're going to end up beside the people who might take you out anyway so it kind of discusses techniques of how to if they're going to do something stupid, that they do it in such a way that it can't affect you even if they mess it up.
1: So, Right. I thought for a second there you were going to say the turn one guide, essentially, you have to qualify in pole position, um, oh, get an incredible start, and then just don't let anybody catch up with you. That's, <laughs> that's the that key. That would work. Not getting correct <laughs> in turn one. That
0: will work. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. I don't think most of us can do that, though, unfortunately especially not me you'll notice through our race today that uh i'm not exactly what would be called a even intermediate sim racer i've kind of filled my sim racing career with like arcade style games and then i only time trial on like acc and the real serious games because i'm like too afraid to go up against the as they call online aliens that are just amazing and like When I get the blue flag, I'm looking in my rearview mirror, going, "I'm gonna mess something up. I don't know. They're going by me, but I'm gonna clip (laughs) them somehow. I'm gonna throw them into a wall, get banned from the server."
2: (laughs) Yeah, so nervous. (laughs) Community racing is the answer to that. Yeah, was
0: actually how when you first started sim racing with a bunch of people, and maybe even more specifically, like with your community. How did you get over like the nervousness of of messing someone else up? Cuz I mean, I know a lot of sim racers actually go through that like I want to race. I want to participate in these leagues which are all listed on Gridfinder by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I want to compete in these leagues but I'm just so nervous to to go around turn 1 as we've been talking about or even just to generally try to pass someone. How did you get over
2: that? Yeah. So like there there and these are kind of reasons why I guess my channel started in the first place, right? Um I'm a very kind of, I I try to come up with little things that help me remember things so that basically the less I have to think about, the more likely I am to be good at something. And it's kind of similar with that. That's where that whole turn one survival guide came from as well. Um, I've got guides on, you know, how people, uh, how to deal with blue flags or how to defend properly, stuff like that. Because with a mindset exactly like you described, in general, your mindset is anything can go wrong absolutely anything can go wrong. But the fact is that maybe three or four things could go wrong out of the, you know, so many adjustments, everything that you're doing, even if you were a lot slower than the car behind you, it's still difficult because you always hear people saying, you know, well, this car is holding me up. Well, why why don't you just pass them out if they're you know, it, it, it's, if that it's like slow. Just... Yeah, exactly. So so you can be a lot it's slower than as, to you. <laughs> and right. as, as Well, as long as you're just doing your qualifying line and I, the, the main thing is, as long as you're being predictable, that's the number one thing, right? If you're predictable, then you're never going to get in anyone's way. Mm, if you try to do someone a favor, like in the middle of a corner, you know what, I'm going to break and, tr- and pull to the left here. There, <laughs> that's the exact moment that they're going to be trying to pass you on the left right because so just be predictable and they will get past you even if you're slower and even if you impede their speed somehow there there are actually very few things that can, and that all comes with experience and eventually when you're very experienced you know it's quite easy to let people pass it's you know it's easier to let people pass on a straight than in a corner so the best thing you can do while you're in a corner is just take that corner as fast as you can the way you normally would and then that car caught up to you in the first place, they're going to be yeah. able to pass you, especially it's on the straight- It's obvious that you're it, not
0: going to stay in front of them at this point.
2: <laughs> exactly, so, so, all right. and I guess my, my point is um, you know, with, with the whole setting up a community and stuff like that, I started doing like little videos and stuff like that, because people were often asking me these questions, uh, especially newer drivers and stuff, and I tried to help them because I organized leagues and stuff, and I recorded these little videos and I was sending them links, and they were like, hey, can I share this with my other community? I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And eventually I just started making the videos public because, you know, and that was like, uh, what, three years ago almost. Uh, nice. And that's where, the, that's where the channel actually started. I had no real intention of reviewing hardware at the start, but uh, oh, it okay. just- <laughs>
1: Oh, <No>, The <laughs> community went... came before the channel.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you it, were like not, not... pushed into making a channel, like, hey, yeah. I like your content, keep posting. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily this community. So my community now is called the Potato Nation. Uh, it wasn't that community as such, there was another community that I was uh, one of the founding members of called Lega Corsa. It was an AC uh, league, and uh, I did that for uh, several years, and I was one of the admins, even while I had the channel running and stuff like that. Uh, but that's that's kind of where it, where it started, and then the channel grew kind of uh, in its own direction, so I set up a different community.
0: Nice. So when you first started this were you planning on doing more live content or was it on-demand style YouTube stuff? I mean, it sounds like you kind of were pushed in a direction with, with your community giving you demand, but when did you finally go, I'm going to be a streamer or I'm going to be a, a YouTube on-demand type creator?
2: Yeah, I, I, I didn't really know. So I, I, kind of, I kind of did it kind of spoofing right at the start. I was like, I'm doing all this sim racing anyway. I'm just going to record some stuff and I'm going to put it out there and I'll see what happens. My initial yeah. goal was to, you know, try and monetize my channel and
0: get <laughs> everyone, get, yeah. you know,
2: earn earn a euro from YouTube and understand the algorithm, all that nonsense. Right. <laughs> uh, and so I, I just I just did a load of random stuff and but it gained some traction with with certain because like there was the Irish community and stuff like that. And, you know, even still, there, there are very few people in Ireland creating sim racing content. So within Ireland, you know, a lot of people refer to me as that Irish sim racer, you know, that that <laughs> Irish YouTuber um so uh, it, yeah it kind of I, like i didn't start streaming until the channel was i'd say about eight or nine months old um okay. it was only at that stage that i said look i'm, I'm doing these races anyway what I, what I was doing before that point was i was recording the races cutting out all the crap parts where i was really bad <laughs> right. and putting up highlights and people were like oh yeah the highlights are great and stuff but i mean i would finish a race at like 10 p.m and i would be editing the highlights till 1 a.m or 2 a.m just just trying to get you know that 15 minute video and after a while i was like you know what if they if they want to watch they're going to have to take the good with the bad and i think that's very much a thing um when it comes to streaming and a lot of people it turns out a lot of people love that journey a lot of people who've been there throughout my you know deepest moments when you know i was just like in a in a heap on my stream saying why am i doing this you know pretty much my facial expressions were saying it they've experienced me winning championships they've experienced me you know celebrating to the point where i woke my kids who were asleep upstairs you know and <laughs> uh, so all those highs and lows really make kind of a uh, part of the journey but like part of the reason i think that the channel has done okay is because even my even the times that i stream at um i was already driving at those times i don't go out of my way to stream um so if if at some stage like if i start up the stream and for some reason, it doesn't broadcast to any of my channels or anything like that. I'm still doing that race. The exact right. same thing is still going to happen. Okay. I'm not going to be talking to myself while it happens. Oh, I might, I have, to, I have, have turned on record and uploaded the video afterwards for those who are interested, but you know, it, it, you kind of, in the same way you, when you stream, it doesn't matter. And we kind of alluded to this before the stream started. It doesn't matter if there are zero people watching or a thousand people watching. If, if that number affects how, you know, what you're streaming and how you act on stream, then you're not doing it for the right reason. Yeah, you, should always, okay. you should stream as if a 1,000 people are, because who knows, it, it, tomorrow your, your stream might go viral and there might be 10,000 people watching it, who knows? Nobody actually knows, right? Or there might be zero people watching it. Or there might be one person watching it who sees something in you and they become a core member of your community which is a huge i mean and there's some of them in the chat there uh, I'm, I'm not not to you know uh i don't want to derail it with the people in the chat but sideways games peter mccann chris mccann uh damian mcmullen a lot of people who have been there from the start through the thick and thin, right. and, and they're here right now you know <clears throat> uh, and that is kind of it's pretty pretty amazing you know because they're the people who um they're the one viewer or the two viewers watching and they're the people who you know, after a race, when you've had a crap race, you know, they're the ones that message you and say, oh, that was really unlucky in the last corner. Right? It's like, yeah, You're well, somebody, again. <laughs> somebody gets me, you know, and so, yeah. somebody cares that this happened. Um, and, and that kind of, uh, that was one of, that was a huge, a huge motivator. Um, and, and that's actually better than having a thousand people watching, not that I know what that feels like, but it's better than having a thousand people watching who are emotionless about what you do, who don't care, who don't interact on the chat, um, like the, the number itself is not as important as one people one person actually caring.
0: Right, right. I, I think it's a, an interesting world that we live in now where you can, it almost feels like me as a viewer, you get to know the person that's streaming even though they've never seen you in their, in their life, but you kind of like know each other just through stream name or whatever. It's, it's an interesting uh, change to the way that we consume content and it's pretty cool.
2: Definitely. Definitely. And it's like, you know, I'm so ingrained in my community that sometimes I forget that it's my community because I, I mean, I often because the, the guys um, they in, in my discord in the voice channels, you can, you know, you can stream what you're gaming, what you're doing and stuff. And I often go in there and I, I'm just watching them. And yeah. they're like, oh, it's so cool that, you know, you're this YouTuber and you're watching us. Uh, yeah, like,
0: make, it's like makes their day. Or whatever. <laughs> but uh,
2: but I'm, cool. I'm, ver- I'm very much I'm part of the community. The very same reason they're interested in what I'm doing is the same reason I'm interested in what they're doing. It's like, it just so happens that I got the ball rolling on this community. But yeah. I mean, you know, not to give them any ideas, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, that community is gonna keep going and keep growing. <laughs> it just, it, it definitely is like, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, and and that's, kind of, that's kind of a nice part of the, uh, the organic nature. And it's, it's a great motivator for me because I don't have a huge amount of time to do my channel content and stuff. Um, and uh, it's nice to know that if I, if I didn't upload a video for a couple of weeks, you know, a lot of people won't notice, um, and a lot because it'll just it keeps going at its own momentum, um, and yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really, I'm not really doing it for the numbers, you know.
0: Yeah, and you said I think it was, I don't remember if it was during the podcast or before the podcast when we were chit chatting, but you said you only stream for about two hours, and it's on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's not a lot in comparison to a lot of these other people out there, like yeah. Tom, back in your days of of streaming, and also I used to stream as well, we used to spend a lot more time than two hours on a Tuesday or Thursday doing it.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, you you were kind of uh, everywhere you looked in all these, like, you know, articles, 10 ways uh, to build a a stream community. The the number one thing was you have to stream every day as many hours as you possibly can. But, like, looking back on it, I did it out of curiosity. Um, I and mean, we it never kind of went anywhere I, was, I actually did it alongside building Gridfinder and thought it would be kind of a natural um, progression before I realized that I wasn't there was no USP for me driving I'm not a particularly talented <laughs> driver I drive very normal things like Formula One which isn't that interesting like I was just doing it out of curiosity um, but yeah it's I mean your story is kind of beautiful because it's you know you had the community first the community drove you to the the to the content the content then created the channel and then it's grown organically and, and like you say right you might not have the thousand viewers but i guarantee that every stream you do you'll always have that minimum number that means you're going to enjoy it because it's like your people right it's you yeah. and your people and you're having a good time and i that's it it's kind of pure community streaming but yeah here we go let's turn dark the first time you did a hardware review, how did it happen and why? And how did it feel? Did you feel mucky? <laughs>
2: um, so it, it, was one of my, it was one of my, I guess the things I was curious about, right? Because one of the beautiful things about, and you guys are doing it here with the podcast as well, right? It's, um, I'm a big believer in making yourself scale. So if, if, you, if you do something, let's say you're helping someone and you do that on a one-to-one basis and you're answering the same questions over and over, you're constantly you're you're spending another hour or another two hours answering the same thing. Whereas if you do a video, you can maybe cut out all the, the waffle or, you know, make them able to pause it and stuff like that. Explain it in five minutes. And some people will actually do it in the five minutes. Other people, it'll take them three hours. But this is not your three hours. Right. Kind of similar with a podcast like this. People can be listening to this in X amount of months time. And it, it's, you know, those numbers kind of build up over time. And that's what a lot of my, even right now, there are lots of people watching my YouTube content and I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm here drinking beer with the pleasure <laughs> of talking to you guys, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and <laughs> it's the channels working for me, you know, so kind of for, from that point of view, um, I, I kind of figured, well, I'll try and do a hardware review because I know a lot about hardware. I've been using hardware for a long time um, and I've, I've replaced hardware, upgraded hardware, stuff like that. Um, And I had a lot of hardware that I really, really liked. So I just wanted to do a, um, you know, just experiment with it. So it was hardware that I already had. And then I did videos and I sent those videos once they were uploaded and had like 12 views from my family and friends. You know, (laughs) I, I sent them to the hardware companies and the hardware companies just started sharing them because there was a certain amount of, you know, something that they saw in it. Um, and then all of a sudden you go from 12 views to 300 views, which is insane. You know, it's absolutely, you know, monumental. Yeah,
0: you um, see the graph it,
2: just Yeah, and it, it, kind, of, it kind of gathered uh, momentum like that. Um, and uh, then it got to the point where I, I tried to approach companies to try and get discounts on products. And I was like, you know, I'll put your name on the stream, stuff like that. Um, and uh, there was a lot of experimenting, kind of, you know, finding my feet there. Um, and as time went on, uh, companies started contacting and saying, "You know, uh, I like your reviews. Will you do a review of XYZ product?" Um, and they were they were sending me the products. Um, and you know, that's when I decided as well that you know I don't need uh, these companies to sponsor me or you know, because I mean, let's call a spade a spade, right? When you do a review on a product, you've got X amount of hours using it. You've you've got your experience, your value that you're bringing to the table. Before the video ever goes live, you're feeding back information to them giving them product, you know, suggested improvements, stuff like that. Then you've got your filming, your editing, all that. And it's very easy to dump 40 hours into a review, mm-hmm. you know. And if I spent, you know, if, if I was, a, you know, my own company and I had to de- depend on that money to put food on the table, that's not how I'd spend 40 hours. You know, it, I value my time a lot more than that. This is just a hobby for me, you know. Right. Um, but companies, a lot of them do see that you are putting in that much time and that much effort and they appreciate that and most companies believe it or not don't actually they, they don't expect you to say you know that their product is hundred percent perfect now they don't they wouldn't really like it if you completely slated their product <laughs> but ge- generally you you kind of you talk about that stuff beforehand and what i say and it's one of my one of my terms of review now is if the product isn't good enough I'm not reviewing it. I'm not wasting my time on it. If it doesn't work or if I can't, you know, if it's not compatible with stuff or if it just if it's broken, what there's no point in me releasing a review because I'm going to release a video saying how crap your product is. And it's a big waste of time for me. It's just I, I don't I don't want to do that. You know, now people in my community will know that there's a problem with the product and I'm not going to release a review on it. That in general will influence them most likely to not buy the product. But I think that's only fair, you know. It's fair to tell them that yeah, I have this product, but it's actually crap. So let's move on to the next one. <laughs> I really How like your you?
0: strategy in um, in the way that you do your hardware reviews because, well, you have a lot more patience than me, a because I'm the type of person that is opening the package on the way in from the garage, like not waiting <laughs> to set up cameras or anything. I'm like, oh, I got I got this new tech product. I gotta open it right away. And then once I get it set up, I'm like, you know, I should have recorded that probably. Yeah. Oh, it gets so. Yeah, go on. I love the way that you. So I I watched the VNM pedals review today, and it looks like you are just like okay, you brought it in from the garage or wherever you happen to pick it up off the porch. You set it down, set up a camera, and just start going. And it made me laugh at that one point where you're like, oh, this one, this side moves a little bit, this one doesn't, and you tried to like, you tried to move it, and you scratched your desk, and you're like, oh, well, I scratched my desk. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. And it, it just felt a little bit more organic than like the perfectly manicured product review video and it, yeah, gave, yeah. it gave it a, <laughs> i don't know it just feels a little bit more personal um, yeah the way I, that you show I, your views
2: yeah for, for me it's very important to get the the genuine nature of it across you know and i'm not i'm not an invincible like i'm not the best sim racer uh, and i'm not a product guru i have a lot of experience with products and people um Uh, Firstly, I guess, well, a lot of people value my opinion on products because if and when they end up buying those products, they share the same values about it. So like Mm -hmm. nobody comes into my Discord or messages me and says, hey, this thing that you said about this product is completely untrue because, you know, I spend a lot of time with the products and all that kind of stuff. So there's a certain amount of uh, reputation there. But you say about, you know, the product sitting there and, uh, you know, (laughs) being eager to open it up and stuff like that. It gets even deeper in my case, because I stream on a Tuesday and on a Thursday. So if a box arrives on a Tuesday, oh, I'm not yeah. going installing that on the rig because I've got a competitive race that night. So it's usually, it's going to be on a Wednesday, but then I have 24 hours, uh, in which I ha- also have a family, you know, kids, I've got yep. my, my nine to five job. Um, so the amount of time that I actually have to get up to speed with this hardware, plus I need to film my first impressions cause they're all genuine first impressions uh that kind of that's my main kind of uh difficulty with my content <laughs> okay that makes sense
0: so yeah, if I...
1: you had let's say you had another 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week uh you know in your schedule to to make content what would you spend it doing would you do more streaming or more reviews
2: uh more reviews yeah um i would i would definitely because uh, i have a product i have a backlog of products that i want to review right that i have, I have boxes sitting here that i haven't opened um, oh, I wouldn't be able to
0: do it, it would <laughs> already <be> yeah,
2: <laughs> they're, they're coming in quicker than I can produce the videos, uh, which is a completely, I, I, I appreciate the, you know, the luck, the fortune of being in this position. And it's, you know, when I went to try and, you know, figure out the algorithm and earn a euro, that this is not what I had in mind, you know? Um, and so there are products sitting there. What I would love to do if, I, if someone, you know, said to me, what's your goal with the channel? Uh, what would you really love to do i would love to at some stage be able to afford to work one day a week less at my day job and spend that day working at my content that would okay. be amazing um if if it was a kind of a like for like thing uh, that would be amazing i don't think i'd like to do it full time because i'd you know I, I i did the whole content creation you know you're so dependent on these algorithms and uh, people watching and stuff like even stuff like during the summer, you guys have find with Grid Finder as well. You know, so you find the gr- grid sizes drop and people just have other other things on, um, and it just you know it, for me it wouldn't be it wouldn't be reliable enough with my wife and kids and all that kind of stuff and and bills that I have in my life. Uh, so right. it'd be nice to have that balance. I'd love to have those you know eight to ten hours on a like i say a Friday where I can just really prep all my content for the next week um, and then concentrate on my day job uh, during the week and then on that friday just go gung-ho again you know that'd be nice but we'll see
0: just uh just add 10 more hours to your to your week somehow and there you go just another day in there right so you mentioned something uh kind of in passing where you were talking about sponsorships and before the show you were saying that you used to be sponsored by some hardware manufacturers, but you ended that relationship so that your content would seem more genuine. Um, yeah. When you when you actually did get those hardware sponsorships, because anyone who's ever put a, a video on YouTube is like, "What if I could get this for free?" How did you how did you go about doing that? Because now you say you have too many boxes to be able to keep up with the content. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it was originally like, I mean, it was kind of the, I don't know, I don't know, is that an Irish thing or what? Uh, the, 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 it's kind of. I because I had nothing to lose as long as I didn't you know um, as long as I didn't degrade myself when contacting companies or overpromise anything if I was very honest about you know these are my numbers and I could back stuff up with stats even if those stats were low uh, things like your rate of growth and stuff were just very very um, uh, infectious especially if people liked your content so. I reached out to a lot of companies and a lot of companies just didn't even, or they rejected me straight away or whatever. And that's fine, you know, it, that's the nature of it. Like when yeah. you're looking for a job, you're gonna get loads of rejections, no matter how good you are, it doesn't matter. Um, because they may not be looking, They may the timing may not suit or whatever. Uh, the first major one, and this was like, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna send this company an email because this is like my dream product and blah, blah, blah. And I did this huge like presentation with all the stats and stuff, and and what I what I promised was very very small, um, and uh, it was kind of yeah, it, it, I wasn't expecting anything from it. I got an email back about two or three days later, and it was Cube Controls, and their flagship steering wheel, the CSX Two, with the mm. screen in it and stuff like that. They were Beautiful like, wheel. okay, we'll send you one, and it was like a one year sponsorship deal, and um, so they were sp- sponsors on the channel on all my liveries and stuff like that, um. And that was absolutely amazing. It was immense. Uh, And I was like, you know, I went from feeling so incredibly lucky and fortunate to be considered by a company like that, which I was. I I mean, I was over the moon. I was thrilled to over time kind of being reluctant to release a review on the product because I was like, you know, I'm sponsored by these people. What are people going to think? No matter how, even if they 100% believe that I'm honest, you know, which, of course, I believe and I'm going to say. Mm but you know, can I really be, you know, uh, w- when, I, when I'm financially gaining from something, can I really uh, be reviewing those products? <coughs> so it was then after, and, and I actually, I extended because COVID was happening and all that kind of stuff. I extended my sponsorship with Cube Controls, but then uh, that, that was like a, a, about an extra six months. I gave them like an extra six months for free because um, just stuff was, you know, I was behind with reviews and stuff like that. And then after the six months, I messaged them because they, w- they wanted to discuss, you know, renewing the contract and stuff like that. And I found myself from, in the space of like a year and a half, from being a hopeful, you know, chancer, sending an email, to being in a position where I was saying, look, it doesn't really matter what you offer to send me, I can't accept this, and I can't continue with this engagement because I don't feel it's honest towards my community and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and they, they accepted that, but it was such a huge shift of mind, mindset, you know, of, uh, I went from this kind of, I mean, almost even though I was offering them value and stuff, I went from this mindset of how can I get free stuff to more being more like a person who was saying, you know, where's my real value? What's yeah. actually valuable here? Um, and yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of a huge, uh, a huge shift. Yeah, so now, now I'm not sponsored by any hardware companies. Um, and if I do have hardware, it's all independently sent to me by either a reseller or, or the company themselves. Um, and my full terms are actually on my website if anybody wants to see them. Um, and if, uh, if for any reason I don't want to do a review on the product, I have the right to refuse it. Um, you just
0: send it back and say, no, thank you. Uh,
2: not even. So I, I never sell any of the hardware, right? So that's right. One, of my, one of my things, one of my terms. <laughs> I, never, I never ever want to financially profit from a review other than YouTube, AdSense, you know, people watching it, stuff sure. like that, watching ads on my videos. But the product itself, I never resell that. Because as soon as I get a 1,000 euro product, and I sell that product after review, I've been paid 1,000 euro for a review. Right, That's right, just right. the way I see it. I can't, I can't do it any other way. Now, yes, I thought about just send it back to them, but what are they going to do with it? They're going to resell it, or they're going to give it away to one of their buddies or whatever. Where's my, where, you know, where's my real value here? So, I give away a lot of stuff on my channel. So a lot of the stuff that I review, I give away. Um, and uh, you can probably see behind me, even you know, there are lots of steering wheels and stuff like that. Um, at the moment, I'm planning like an epic, you know, kind of a charity auction where uh, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but as long as people can prove that they've made a certain donation to charity, they're going to get like a direct drive wheelbase or you know, nice. hy- hydraulic pedals or whatever you know. Um, That's pretty cool. and that just engages the community more and it gives it gives real value for the thing you know Uh, it goes to a charity somewhere and you know i've I've got a job my bills are paid
1: and your your community must have reacted incredibly positively to that right because i was going to ask a question earlier about like how has your community reacted to you moving from racing to hardware reviews but actually now i know that the full story of what actually happens with your hardware reviews i can guess the answer
2: yeah it's it's funny, right? So one of the things that I said to you guys as well is I don't do any viral content. so when I do these giveaways and stuff, I offer often like completely on the down low, completely low key uh, and we've given I, I've given away i'd say in the last two years, I've given away probably close to fifteen grand worth of stuff um just on the streams and stuff that's you know not not necessarily even review hardware uh, stuff that uh, companies have you know just sponsored and stuff um because they, they really like the, uh, they, they like the community, you know, they, they, they kind of engage with the community. And like, I mean, call a spade a spade, right? One of the things I have going for me is that I'm of a certain age. I have very limited time in a week to stream and stuff. So I'm one of the few streamers that people can consume all of my content and it's not a big chore. So yeah, okay. a lot of those people are similar demographic. They have kids um, and they often have disposable money who likes people with disposable money Companies. So a lot of these companies, they don't see that there are, you know, only 30 people watching the stream or only 40 people watching a stream, they see people, you know, there are 30 or 40 people like this guy, who we know spends money on products. Um, And when I do even in the early days, when I did, you know, first impressions, videos or reviews, companies, it would message me and they would say, you know, holy crap, you know we we just got 10 orders today or whatever um how, how did you do that or whatever um, and that's that was kind of that kind of blew my mind i didn't really realize that people were spending so much money but they were Um uh, so that kind of followed the whole thing around as well that's part of part of the success
0: that's very very interesting to kind of see inside that world it's kind it's of not... a world that
1: so many people think think they want to get into right and for obvious reasons but actually Having now spoken to more and more people who do it day to day, there is quite a lot to consider. It's not a case of oh, I get to go racing and people just give me free stuff. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's kind of there's always a lot of like checks and balances to be made, right? But yeah. where, where, like, where do you want this to go? Like, it is, is this a you just riding the wave, enjoying it, all's well, or is there some kind of goal?
2: Yeah, like. Uh, I, the when I because uh, I first started kind of really properly uh, joining and contributing to online communities, um, like on a very regular basis, about six years ago. Um, before that, it was all you know, kind of campaign mode type of you know. Uh, it, I did some multiplayer, but it was like public lobby type of stuff. Um, one of the reasons was because um, I was uh, becoming a dad. My my kid was uh, was about to be born. And I had to replace real life motorsport with sim racing to an extent. I was already sim racing, but um, I kind of had to put it was more for my my own mental health. Um, I often say to people in the community, I'm very, very happy with the way things are. If the channel doesn't grow for a year, nothing's going to change. Right. Uh, If products stop being sent, nothing's going to change. It actually means that I'll have more free time. (laughs) You know, that'll be that'll be amazing. I'm not going to earn any more or less money as a result of that. Um, which is also a really, really good thing. Um, so I feel that I'm doing it for, for the right purposes, and the people in my community are benefiting from having time with each other and time with me. You know, we're really more of a a group of friends than this thing that's built around the channel. If the channel disappears tomorrow, we'll probably still all be on Discord tomorrow. You know. Right. Well,
1: it sounds like you've avoided the. The number one thing that I hear from most streamers, which is, you know what? If you sim race as a job, eventually there's going to be moments where you're just like, "Ugh, I can't be bothered to sim race tonight, and you fall out of love with sim racing. It sounds like with with Tuesday and Thursday and the way that you decide what you are and aren't going to review or when you are or aren't going to stream and how you prioritize your community, it sounds a lot like you've completely avoided that issue,
2: yeah. Yeah, it has other benefits as well. Like, you know, sometimes I'd be sitting in a Zoom meeting with people from work and I'm like dazing off into the world, you know, that something might be said that I'm not interested in. And I'm like, holy crap, that pedal had a bit of wobble in it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's that's uh, was that loose? And then I'm like, I, I go and check. I'm like, I, if I had the time, I would have released a review and I never would have been able to say that because I would have just, I was so, I would have been so in the moment of the product and it's great and stuff you know you really get time to reflect and carefully plan what you're doing uh, which is a- an amazing benefit of not being able to go at it you know 100 percent um i i get to th- i get to sleep on all my decisions um nobody expects it to be you know a a, a day one video with all the bells and whistles um and if, if the video isn't there it's not there
0: <laughs> well let's daydream for a minute here What if your channel was to grow to the point where you had to pick left or right in the fork in the road and you had to either go full time content creation and get rid of your day job or you kept it the way it is, regardless of its growth? Which which path do you think you would you would take on that?
2: So what would probably happen in that case? Let's say my channel was earning what my day job earns. Let's say money's yeah. not an, not an issue here. Yep. What would probably probably happen is that I would replace my day job with other hobbies like real life cars, motorsports, stuff like that, okay. and I would I would keep my pattern for sim racing, um, just because sim racing is my sim racing is my escape, right? I, I know that a lot of people watching this and you guys as well. You you don't have to think about being a uh, a father, or, or someone who pays rent, or you know, uh, having to clean stuff—you don't, you don't think about any of that. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, only about, yeah, that you're only thinking about driver. You're only thinking about this very limited scope while you're while you're there while you're on track. And it is no matter how because sometimes I have races and I'm swearing and I'm like, oh my god, you know. And my wife is like, are you okay? I was like, oh yeah, that was a, that was a great race. I really enjoyed that. Like <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you sounded like you were it's... miserable. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, but it didn't really go my way. But in the end, it turned out all right. You know, and I'm like a new person after it. It's really, for me, it's an escape from, you know, not that I have many problems in my life. I'm very, very fortunate. But uh, getting a distraction and being able to just, yeah, be in a different world for a little while uh, is pretty amazing.
1: It's interesting that you've called it an escape, or you've referred to it as an escape, because the track that you've chosen for us to race today is... And I've mentioned this, I think, in one of the last episodes of the podcast. I've said that sometimes sim racing for me is very competitive and I'll practice and I'll practice and I'll practice and I'll work on the setup and like, you know, lights are about to go out and I'm nervous. So, you know, like I can't be the only sim racer that gets like an adrenaline rush before a race, right? Like that, that's, a, that's a thing. However, sometimes I do use sim racing as a total escape. If I've just had a, a long day and I just want to relax, I always go on a set of courser, load up the Nordschleifer, jump in a car, and then just do some laps. And I, and I always, <laughs> this is gonna sound really cheesy, right? But I always set soul to like 6, 7 p.m. So like the sun is setting through the trees, you know, uh, in the carousel, it comes through, you get the rage, ah, oh, it's beautiful. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great escape. And it's what, well, I was about to say you chose, but actually your community. Uh, has chosen to race the nordschleife for tonight and i say race we're not really racing we're, we're just gonna have a track day which is a really novel idea which i think chris we should we should consider this as a as a default because this is yeah, the pressure is this... off we don't need to be we don't need to jump across now for a race start because we can just jump in whenever we want
0: it, it's yeah. interesting because you know we've on every single other episode we've done actual races and then you know i'm i'm firmly in the back very very strong keeping that last place but today i was practicing before the podcast and i'm and i'm sitting there and I'm, the competitive part of my mind gets in there and i'm like i got to find the perfect car perfect combination i'm like wait no i don't i can just i can sit in the bmw and just kind of cruise around the course while we have a little chat this isn't a race situation yeah and i think i'm i think i'm going to like it a lot so i'm very appreciative of your community for picking The track day version instead of the whole race version just because it'll be kind of relaxing and fabulous
1: well although the community chose the track you chose the cars and it is a it's an array of cars i've i've driven about six or seven of them today to try and work out which one i want and i'm currently sat in the lotus i've reserved it i'm very excited but tell us how you chose your cars
2: well yeah a lot of these cars have significance for me um Uh, Firstly, I guess, with Assetto Corsa, Kunos did a great job with a lot of these cars. Uh, Because there are so many mods, people tend to go straight to mods or cars that they're familiar with. So if you never watch GT1 racing, you're unlikely to pick a GT1 car. Uh, One of the things that we tried to do over the years with organizing leagues was to try and make people enthusiastic about uh, cars that they may not have ever driven before, and sometimes absolute gems arise from that whether they're mods or kunos content uh kunos content here um is easy i guess for setting up when you're setting up a community event people don't have to do any downloads and stuff like that as long as they have their dlc and stuff uh, then it's all good um but yeah a lot of these cars are just excellent race cars some of them are a handful for sure <laughs> um but you know stuff like the uh the scuderia glickenhaus the uh praga r1 um the even the hybrids, they're they're really fun car to drive. Uh, One of the things that Kunos struggled with in AC was the balance of classes of cars. So what we generally ended up doing was single car, single make, um, single make and model uh, championships. Uh, But they were absolutely amazing, especially when people start contributing their own liveries and stuff like that. You get this colourful grid uh, and people racing for, you know, uh, 6, eight, 10, 12 rounds, you know, w- weekly races, uh, and really investing so much time in this car to the point where um, week in, week out, when we were doing tracks, we were, do you remember the, um was it, SRS, the World Rankings, uh, we used to check afterwards, you know, fastest lap of the race, where would it have been, and often it would have been a number one time, just because we were spending so many, t- so many hours, <laughs> um, and stuff like that, you know, that to me is the real, because... I like, you know, in the whole YouTube world and all that, you're very dependent on viral content and things being the trend. And I'm a firm believer in, you know, I like, you know, when you, when you have a cup of tea, I like, you know, that, that taste of, you know, that, ah, you know, the really silly, simple things that you don't really think about. I love those things. And if you can find that in a corner of sim racing that nobody else is looking at. It gives you an immense. Like I know a lot of people who um, they go onto AMS two and they just pick a random car or Project Cars too or you know some of these Sims that people don't. They're not the trendy Sims, right. but the amount of freedom and enjoyment that you can actually have in those uh, is absolutely incredible. And I'm a huge fan of that. And a lot of these cars uh, really represent that for me. I, I could have made this list twice as long.
1: <laughs> right, I bet, I bet. Well. I think it's probably time for us to do some laps. So if uh, if you're in the if you're in the server and you're listening, we're just going to go for a two around together. So we're going to try and stick together as a pack. And now most of the cars are fairly uh, fairly equal in performance, but then you've got like the BMW. Is it the M2 you
0: put in there? The yeah. M235. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: So that's a little bit slow, but the rest we can probably all just about keep up. So we'll go around and we'll do some we'll did do it, some laps together. I'm going to have to do my transfer across.
2: The, the beauty at Nord's is not necessarily being fast, it's keeping it on the track, right? right. So even yes. if you get separated a little bit, um, getting that valid lap in is like really all that matters.
1: I can see Chris sweating from here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: getting everything all set up for the race, ne- or the, the cruise, I keep thinking race. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to drive the 919 Hybrid, I think. That's the one I feel the most comfortable in. At this point, I've tried them all, which I'm I'm very appreciative that you didn't make the list longer because I had to try every single one of them at least once. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've settled on the 919. What are you going to drive? Uh,
2: I, at the moment, I'm in the Praga R1, which is significantly slower. Uh, I might jump out and choose something else. What are you going in, Tom?
1: I'm going in the Lotus because uh, so I tried, I think, six cars and then I stopped at the Lotus because it it's got sass like okay when, when you can when you can nail it down it's fun but it doesn't like to be nailed down and i'm, I'm kind of i'm enjoying it
2: okay uh let me let me go out and uh, just choose something wild um and i'll be back in in a second again hey
0: this is chris from grid thanks for listening to the sim sundays podcast if you'd like to watch the race, head on over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash gridfinderTV. And while you're at it, head on over to gridfinder.com to find your spot on the grid and join sim racing leagues for all your favorite games. Just enter your preferred game, car of choice, then let us know if you'd like to race PC, Xbox or PlayStation, and we'll give you a list of actively recruiting leagues for you to join. And if you're a league owner, post your league on Gridfinder so that you run with a full grid for every race. If you'd like to participate in the races featured in each episode of The Sims Sunday's podcast, join our Discord server by going to gridfinder.com slash discord. We host a new car and track combo every Sunday at 8 p.m. UK time and stream it live to our YouTube channel. Enjoy the post-race chat and the rest of this episode. Thanks for being here.
2: And and this is like, uh, when when we compare the real world to um, simulation and stuff, this is one of the things that, um, I love thinking about it, right? But, and I love talking about it, but one thing and I, I often i often try to express it but it was only i was at um i was at the sim racing expo i was doing the 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 adac uh, gt500 race so i i was on a team and i was against esports professionals and i was watching them practice and i you know they had their individual setups where there wasn't you know, there were some some setups there where there was just a person with screens, like at the pit wall in, you know, F1 or GT racing. And it was someone just analyzing the graphs. And I was listening to what they were saying. And that's when all of a sudden I realized not only does this person have a purpose like in real life, so they're not just pretending, they're not just, you know, putting on a uniform to look official. They were saying things like, you have an extra six inches in that corner that you could use before track limits. And I was like, oh my god, you don't get that in real life. Okay, you, you, yeah. get, you, know, yeah. you get pushed to track limits more, but eventually someone's going to say, oh, they keep doing that, let's punish them. Whereas yeah. in, a, in a simulator, it's a binary thing. You're There's either,
1: no subjectivity, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's either track limits or it's not. And if you can teach yourself to be as close to those track limits as possible every single time, You don't even, like I said earlier, less things to think about. If you're already automatically going there, your corner becomes easier. You open up that corner, you can get on the throttle earlier or whatever. These are the things that people are thinking about and the things that people have access to in simulation that we may not have in real life and that kind of blows my mind that it could actually become a lot more complicated in ways than real life is.
1: Yeah, I had the most incredibly eye-opening conversation last week and again, this is a little bit of a plug for our, our next episode with Alpine, um, but their um, head of esports who runs their team, and he was telling me how they have developed eyewear for each individual driver based on the like the screen and the time of day. So they have an like, eyewear to stop like fatigue for the drivers for like <laughs> racing during a day, but then a different set for driving during the night and and but i mean i'm not going to give too many spoilers away you've got to go listen to it but it's it's all about like the, the 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 effort that they put in to training their esports drivers are we are talking like um neural tracking so we're talking like you know the, the like the, the 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 sensors on the brain and stuff to, while they're while they're racing and they put up these little things on the screen to make sure that they're constantly aware and they track it through these neural trackers to train their drivers it's the same Okay. Maybe not the same, but it's not far off. The amount of effort they put into their actual, uh, racing drivers, the amount of prep yeah. they put them through for these competitions. Now I'm really conscious of the time because we are now <laughs> over time already by two minutes. So, uh, but we did say we're gonna do a Q and a, so we're gonna need one to five word answers, quick fire, rapid questions from the chat. Chris, if you jump in the discord, I'll jump on the YouTube and together we will tag team this. So Lawrence, this is from EGT Canada, are there any reviews that have not made it out into the public? If so, why?
2: Yes, the Camus one that I uh, mentioned, um, and there are some other ones, uh, the Imsource hardware. So they've got two direct drive wheelbases. They're being held back because the firmware is no good. Uh, there's a software, uh, I'm waiting for a new software version for a seat mover that I use as well. Um, so there's just plenty of hardware. And if anybody's interested, there's a channel in my discord where I uh, show exactly at which stage each of my reviews is at. And the ones that are blocked and why they're blocked so that's completely transparent it's like a little image that i post every uh week or two okay chris
0: i am sifting through just arbitrary conversation first so you go again
1: oh okay uh well we've got from flea mcbaggins what's better acc or uh, i racing
2: oh geez Whoa. that is that that's that's loaded um <laughs> i I've, like i don't i think that um the people who uh, this is a very diplomatic answer right but it's genuinely how i feel the people who are extremely passionate about why they love their sims so much are all right they're they're right in their own right they are very very good at pointing out the flaws of the other sims while the people who love like i racing don't concentrate on the flaws or they try to justify the flaws same with acc and all that yeah. so nobody's wrong Uh, And I'm glad that I've spent enough time in both to be able to see that.
0: Nice. Chris? Well, this one um, is from Mark Raddenberry on Discord. And it says, is LFM going to be the way for ACC to appeal to the iRacing masses? Or, like me, do you think they still have a way to go? Especially with the limitations ACC has for who's at fault in a crash. Yeah, five words.
2: Yeah, they they, they def- definitely that type of system is the way to go forward, uh, and I think that at some stage, if Kunos don't roll something out like that themselves, uh, you, we could see an acquisition of LFM or something like that.
1: Uh, when are you getting a beer sponsor?
2: Uh <laughs> I, I, I've I've tried, I've reached out to places, but they just think that I'm some Irish, uh, you know, <laughs> p- person who uh, who who just wants to drink on stream. So. Uh, you know what? The the, the people who uh, say, pay monthly to my channel, so the community members uh, who, who are on the various memberships and stuff, uh, they give me more than enough money to afford a nice beer.
0: <laughs> nice. All right. And then, you, then you're not stuck with, like, one just because they're sponsoring you. That would be unfortunate That's as well. It
2: would have to be, like, a distributor or an online retailer of, like, hundreds of types of beer. Right. Um, otherwise, I'm not interested if you're listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, CEO of Heineken, if you're listening.
2: We're yeah, not yeah. Well, Heine- <laughs> Heineken owns a lot of beers. So you, you, you <laughs> slip into my DMs there, Mr. Heineken.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. It's been fun, as I expected it, it would be. Um, we will see you at the Sim Racing Expo this year, which I is will. very exciting. Um, thanks to everyone that joined us both in the chat and uh, on the track. Um, it was chaos. It was a very expensive few laps on the Nordschleifer. There'd, there'd, hit... there'd be a few invoices knocking around now for parts.
2: <laughs> I think uh, I
0: only hit three
2: people in no, each no, one you, of you. No, you hit everything three times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, can I say one last thing? Right, My community is my community's amazing, Anything as anymore. you guys can see in the chat and all that. We've had some crazy stuff happen, lots of great stuff for uh, charity, mental health, people going through it, stuff in their own life. It's an amazing support group you know first and foremost so much so people have gotten tattoos with like potato nation on the tattoo like no people way. take this i'm i'm 100 serious people take this very very seriously uh, and i don't you know underplay uh, you know my responsibilities in that uh, but yeah the people are absolutely amazing and i just you know i, I want to thank them because uh, you know it takes more than one person to make a community
0: well yep. said, well said. Well said, sir. Is there anything uh, anything you want to announce? Upcoming streams, upcoming videos, or socials, anything like that before we depart?
2: Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, okay, oh, go God, on. You're asking me.
0: <laughs> Not you, Tom. I was G- like,
1: yes, I've got an Assetto Corsa event next week. Sign up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> hop, I, I would say hop into my Discord, discord.gg forward slash potato nation. Uh, get in there and you'll, you'll, find, uh, you'll find everything you're looking for.
0: Very, um, very cool. Lawrence, we very, really appreciate
1: you being here. Damien McCullen is desperate. He's he's messaged in both the Discord and the YouTube now. Ask him about the PN tattoo, please,
2: lol. So Damien is one of the, <laughs> he's got a Potato <laughs> Nation tattoo on his wrist. Um, and uh, I know it, it's it's very uh, it's very close to his heart. And he's very close to our heart as well. Uh, and we've, we've helped each other through a lot of rough times. So, uh, yeah. Pretty much every night, like every evening and throughout the day, a lot of people just hang out in the Discord um, and awesome. they're, they're just chatting, even, even while they're working. Like, so they're just doing their job and they're just on Discord. So we have people who come in and live stream, they're, they might be welding on a car or they might be oh, you know cool. uh, de- designing or doing spreadsheets or whatever, and they're just in chatting as if it's an office environment. It's an amazing, crazy place.
0: That does sound interesting. I especially like the welding and things like that that would be uh kind of like the progress video watcher in me would love that because I'd just be staring at it and it would distract me from work, but uh... <laughs>
2: yeah well that's that's part of it uh, part of the fun of it as well, right? right.
0: Lawrence, we really appreciate you once again um this was an awesome episode and uh, yeah, do you have one single question for the next guest? Oh, that's a good one.
2: All right. Well, firstly, thank you, guys. I think what you're doing is class. and I I'm so honoured to be a part of it. Uh, and you've got a great guest list and stuff coming up. Um, one you need question. You to know who the
1: next guest is, right?
2: Um, mm. Yeah, it could be a generic one. It help. What, who is the next one? Uh,
1: the next, the, the reason I'm panicking is because I really want to pronounce his name right, but it's, you've met him. Um, Ar- Aris, Aristos, Arist- I'm going to have to get this right before the next episode. Aristolis from... Kunos, the guy who literally oh, yeah. designed the physics for Assetto Corsa.
2: Okay, uh, ask him. Do you think that Assetto Corsa content manager has set the bar unrealistically high for what you can achieve with AC2? Ooh, that that's is a, a great a question. Yes, beautiful
0: okay lawrence well that's going to wrap this episode everyone in chat and also through apple spotify google podcasts um you know any other episodes you want to see you can go there to get them also follow Gridfinder on socials we're grid tv on youtube grid underscore finder on instagram and just gridfinder everywhere else tom any last words
1: no thank you very much for joining us in the server it's been really good fun just driving around even not competitively together, just as that big group around the track. That was beautiful. We should do that more often. That was fabulous.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this episode. If you want to participate in the AC Invitational that is coming up next weekend, make sure you join the GridFinder Discord and sign up for that. Otherwise, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for being here.
1: Bye.